Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerding you. We are spending our Friday night in a sound studio. We are losers. Or the opposite of losers. Or we're, you know, the thing is, it's been a crazy busy week. I'm actually really excited to do this tonight. Me too. I, I can't think of a better Friday night, to be we honest. We also have a great show. I think it's going to be short, snappy, and awesome. Oh, it's going to be snappy and short. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you sound like somebody I used to date. <laughs> <laughs> but we also are going to play a game we haven't played in a while. We got a great top three turf war and a trailer trash that I know everybody wants to know about. So let's get on with the show. Do it. It's time for a top three turf war. This week, we're going to the land of television, and we're talking about three procedural dramas. You've probably heard us talk about procedurals. And so I think we should start by first defining what we mean when we say procedural. We have to. Uh, So we are taking it to mean it doesn't necessarily have to be a police procedural. It does not. It can be any type of procedural, but the show needs to follow a procedure. There can be some through line, but basically... There is a formula to it. There is a formula. Every episode, you should solve a crime. Yes. Solve a crime, solve a mystery, have a beginning, a middle, and the solution at the end. Yes. Totally. And then the ongoing storyline often takes a back seat. It's not the A plot, it's the B plot, and that is what a procedural is. And I've got a great number three well, go. on my list. Go! What's your number three? BBC's Sherlock. Ooh. On my list. Each episode almost plays out like a movie, but each episode, they're defined by a certain case. That is the definition of a, of a procedural. It's not on my list because I haven't watched it yet. I've heard great what? things. It's on my to watch list. You are the TV queen. I know. This is on Netflix. I haven't gotten around to the it. The Cumberbatch. The problem is that when it comes to shows that I hear are really good and you must pay attention to and watch, those sometimes take longer to get to. And there's only so many hours of a day that I can pay attention. So are you telling me that your number three is one that you don't really have to pay attention to? Well, most procedurals are like that. So what's your number three? My number three is White Collar. Ah, oh, White Collar. That show is pretty procedural trash. It's not trash. It's not great. What are you talking about? I loved I loved White Collar. I was actually so surprised. And what I think I like the most about it is I think that it's an interesting take on the procedural. And I really, truly fell in love with the two leads of the show, which is the FBI agent who's really straight and narrow. but he's And in- the sexy gay lead. Except in the show, he's not gay. Just in real life. In the show, he's every woman's wet dream. He is every woman's (laughs) wet dream. Like, legit. (laughs) All right, my number two. I mean, pick pick your season. Law and Order. Law and Order? Oh, doom, doom. This is another one I've never seen, to be honest. Are you ever? Law and Order is a show that it doesn't matter what time or place. You don't even need to know what's going on in the backstories of your characters. You drop in. All right. Here's a crime. This is awful. We're going to watch the police take care of it. Then the second, like near the end, we're going to see how the courts take care of it. And it's fascinating. And every single show is exactly the same, but they are like riveting. And 
one of the cool things about Law and Order is they take from real life cases. That is actually very cool. Yeah. Although I've never been really interested in it because that's the thing about Law and Order is the thing that you know about it is that you never you can drop in at any point, which is admittedly a lot of the sort of appeal of a procedural. See, Law and Order to me, it was the first CSI. Right. Right. I think there was like 17 seasons. Is it not still going? It probably is. I yeah. don't watch it anymore. But if it's on A and E, or if I'm like popping on television, and it's there, I'm like, hey, Law and Order's on. Just do it. yeah, let's do it. It is a pretty epic sound. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Everyone knows what it is. Um, my number two is Castle. Oh, that's a good one. I like Nathan Fillion. I love Nathan Fillion, and their cases are very entertaining. He's so he's offbeat. so good as. He's Just so good as Richard Castle. He he has such great chemistry with Kate Beckett. And you know what they did really well that is so hard to do in a show? They got together and they're still together and the relationship works and they love each other and you don't need them to break up, get back together, break up, get back together. You can just enjoy them as a couple. And I mean, granted, this did season- Did Bones do that too? They did that They're too. They're together yeah. still, right? Yeah, but something it's like twelve seasons. Bones was amazing, and then all of a sudden it wasn't amazing any longer. Well, it's a lot of seasons. It's a lot. You of seasons. You have that many seasons, your show is going to jump the shark. Yeah. Although I just checked, Law and Order had twenty seasons, and you can still just jump in at any time because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I guess that's the the thing about the procedural that it can last so long. But for me, I mean, Castle is. So amazing. It is lighthearted. You still solve cases. The characters are so fun. And actually, I think where Castle is winning is that because it's what? It's in season eight or something right now? Yeah, I, I think so. Something like that. I do like Castle. I'm not watching it now. I jumped off around. You jumped season off? Four. There what? Was, well, you know, I saw where it was going. I was happy where it's going. Actually, but that's off. the thing is that I, I just got, I got more and more invested in the characters. And now, now that it's later, like we're in the later seasons, the reason why it's not jumping the shark, I find, because it, it hasn't, I mean, it's getting close. Like it's getting perilously close to jumping the shark. I'm actually not in love with the, um, they're doing this through storyline for this season that I'm really not that happy about. Which totally takes it away from procedural. It's still a procedural though because they still still solve a case case every every time. time. And um, the, but other than this, this through storyline that I'm not too happy with, they're now bringing up um, the, uh, the two, the two other cop guys. What are their names again? Oh, I have no idea. You don't remember their names? No, this is the point of procedurals. You do not need to remember anyone. I guess I guess that's true, but I anyway, the two secondary cop guys who used to be like minor characters are getting more and more story time and more and more stories and I'm loving them. They're hilarious. So, I I just I'm loving it. I don't think it's really jumped the shark yet. It's getting really close, but I'm still tuning in. So, wow, I'm good for you. Good for you. And you turned me on to that show. I know. I'm I, I turn people on. And what look at I this. Say? You're like you're a show abandoner. Like I will oh, watch it to the I end. I will totally jump ship. Supernatural is one of my like favorite shows of all time. I jump ship at episode 9 because the, uh, the season se- 9. The, uh, sorry, season 9. Because the show should have ended at season five. They had, at the end of season five, the end. Sorry, I'm not going to keep going on this journey with you. You know what? I 
I, I'm like fighting to not jump ship on that one because that's another one you got me into. <laughs> but I, I find it so hard. I'm like halfway through last season and they're already going on with this season. So they're All right, jumping well, sharks. My number one is going to shock the masses. Okay, go. This is the my favorite procedural. You can pick it up as a young child. You can pick it up as an adult. You can watch it with your friends. I'm so you curious. You can put it down anytime. 1969, when this show kicked off, all the way to today in more and more reincarnations, I'm talking about Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Seriously. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Popped up in 1969. We have had every single reincarnation of this show, but Every single episode is exactly the same. They it's a procedural. roll into town. You're right. I solve mean... a mystery. The first person they meet, that is your villain. And then they go through the whole mystery, yank the mask off at the end. And yeah, first guy you met, that was pretty sure that was your villain. It, it's a procedural. I, I mean, I have to give it to you. And if you are have indulging in some uh, wacky tobacco, it's a great <laughs> show to put on. If you're hungover from a night of drinking, what's this, Reggie? Great show to put on. <laughs> you love these characters. We got Shaggy. We got Scoob. We got Fred, Daphne, Velma. They are classic and pretty timeless. They are. They and are timeless. All the way up to what's new fucking Scooby-Doo. That's this reincarnation. We got a new one now going on. It's on Netflix. You can check it out. I know I did. Well, obviously now I'm going to. Or no, so it's it's <laughs> it's called Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. No. Ooh. What's new Scooby-Doo was from 2002 to 2008. See, this is just crazy about this show. It never changed, but every... Every generation gets a new version of it. Well, it's definitely going to be in our top three. Your argument 100%. right now alone, I just don't think it should get number one because I have something that should get number one. Go for it. Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. And here's I'm why. I'm watching you. <laughs> here's why Veronica Mars deserves number one billing for a procedural. Veronica Mars did something with the season arc compared to the episode arc that I've never seen done before or after, and it was so brilliant. And and when I it was so brilliant, they could only pull it off for two seasons. Season three was pretty weak. Season three, though, they didn't do the same formula because it moved well, to a new you mean network. It was trying to catch a campus rapist over the course of the season. Yeah, but that's the thing. They didn't have their. It wasn't the same arc. Like. It it wasn't it, it they did like mini sods. I actually read a whole big paper on this that was up online and and yeah you there come so damn prepared. No, I did that like for my own time for uh, fun. Yeah, your own time for fun. Like mm-hmm. way before today. Oh, okay. N- not today. Okay. I don't even remember that much about it, but I remember that it said that season three was very different because they did the thing. Okay, a lot of procedurals after they've been around for a while, they'll do these multi-episode arcs. So Bones, for example, had a particular serial killer that was antagonizing the people from Bones, and it would last for like four or five episodes. And frankly, those are my least favorite, because Mm. if it's a procedural where they solve a crime every time, 
suddenly splitting off into multi-episode arcs to make it more like a through line doesn't work. And what I think Veronica and Veronica Mars in its third season, it was, I think, moved to the CW. And also uh, the creator, I forget his name. He lost a lot of his control and they changed the way that he did the show. And that's why it didn't work. Where did that show start, if not the CW? Fox? No, it wasn't Fox either. I don't remember. Or was it the WB and then that WB flipped to CW? At no, one point? no, it was it was something like KTLA or like oh like yeah. it was like a weird network. Sure, that probably couldn't hold on to its properties because no money. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, look, I love Veronica Mars. I I love Kristen Bell. I love the stories. I love the character. Yeah, I love the snark. That's what I'm saying. I love it all. And not to mention, dude. Don't forget that we start off with the mention of a date rape case and then pretty much drop it. And then slowly in small baby increments, we learn more and more about that case while solving mysteries every episode until the very end where you're in the full climax. And then we're back onto the the date rape case. And then we realize it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Um... It doesn't even. Oh, it doesn't even matter what, doesn't matter. what her boyfriend who skipped town to go to Mexico with what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the baby. But it doesn't matter what it is. I've never it's such a weird story. That it was like he created this Duncan, story structure. Duncan Kane. Sorry. No, that's okay. Had to say it. That's okay. He just Rob Thomas created a story structure that I have never seen done before. It was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. To this day, I hope and pray that someone will make a procedural that follows what he created that day. Because but do you like it because of that procedural arc? Or do you like it because of the characters who weave through it? All of it. But that's what makes a proper procedural. For me... I want to solve mysteries and learn more about my characters. And if a procedural isn't doing both, I'm not that interested, which is why I've never watched Law & Order. Because if I don't care about the characters, why the hell am I tuning in? I understand. This is this is why Scooby-Doo is my number one, because I'm never not going to care about those characters. I'll give it to you at number two if you give me Veronica Mars as number one. I know how much you like Veronica Mars. I'm just saying the history is with us on Scooby-Doo, 1969. Yeah, but it's Think not like... Think of all the things it had to endure. It had to endure Scrappy. It's so dude. original, Veronica Mars. Scrappy, it hasn't been dude. done. You, They a literally created a movie mysteries. because of a, a, a like crowdfunder campaign. I mean, come on. Nobody's crowdfunding Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Doesn't need it. It's got all the money. Well, actually, because it's cheap to make. It's super cheap to make. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about something that's more, like, it's harder to make a Veronica Mars than it is a Scooby-Doo. It's been around forever. I say give it number two. Okay, I'll give you Scooby-Doo at number two, but you have to admit, the wide mass appeal for Scooby-Doo is there. That's, I agree. Veronica Mars had to crowdfund her movie. But Scooby-Doo will always live on. No, you're right. You're right. Scooby-Doo is like, you know, a legend. All right. Thank you. So now we're, oh, man. So what do we put at number three here? I got Law and Order and Sherlock. You haven't seen Sherlock or Law and Order. No. The only one that I would actually put up as number three for my list, to be honest, after hearing yours, is Castle. It's either Castle or one of yours. So it's Castle. I'm going to, like, knock off White Collar already. Well, see, now, uh, you, okay, 
you're telling me that it's more through line now. There, There is more through line now. They're still solving an episode a week, but there's this one through line story that they're going to take all the way through the season, and it sucks. So here's my... Here's what I propose. Okay. We put Law and Order at number three because it is genuinely the one with all three of these shows. Well, with the exception of Veronica Mars, because you still sort of, she is still solving all of the other, all of the mass mystery Mm -hmm. while you're going. So you might not understand that if you dropped in, but. You're going to understand everything that's going on with Law and Order if you drop in. And you really think that Law and Order is better than Sherlock? Like, I've just heard so many good things about Sherlock. But if you don't jump in at the... Like, there's only three episodes every season for Sherlock, right? Yeah. They're movies. So if you don't jump in at the beginning... Of the episode. of Of the series, you're lost. Oh, like, it's not a mystery per two hour episode? It is, but you... The characters develop so much from episode to episode... That you need to start at episode one. It really makes me want to vote for Sherlock. Law and order, you can jump in anywhere. Scooby-Doo, jump in anywhere. That is what the strength of a good procedural gives you. Veronica Mars, I'm conceding and putting that number one. I think we need to have at number three a solid jump in anywhere kind of show. And I think Castle could be that. But I think Law and Order more is than even Sherlock and Castle. I know, but given this choice, like... I hear so many people talking about how great Sherlock is. I don't hear people talking about how great Law and Order is. I don't know. And I haven't seen either. And here I am being like, oh, maybe we should make Sherlock number three. Like, It's fantastic show. It is. You can like sit down and watch all three really quickly, like in a day for each for each uh, season. Because there's three. Seasons. I like that the characters like actually grow to me. That's the thing, though, is like Law and Order, I get it. You can jump in at any point. But to me, that's a real negative in the sense of if my characters aren't growing, I won't jump in at all. We're talking about procedurals. I get it. But a procedural nowadays, like we we can expand. We can say that you can also solve a mystery every time. So if you're just tuning in for a mystery. You just want the mystery. Then you have the mystery. But and then you don't care about if the character is growing. But for the people who are tuning in week after week after week. What are you sticking around for if there's not character growth? I don't know. What do people come back to CSI every week after week after week? I I don't watch the CSIs, but I imagine, like, I really kind of want to watch CSI Spyber because, well, let's be honest, James Vanderbeek is in it and he's amazing. The ratings are stupid. But I would suggest that they probably go forward. Like, Criminal Minds, they expand their characters over time. Sure. No, I, I understand that. We okay, barely well... see anything about their lives, but I tune in to learn that little nugget of each character every episode. Like, All right, let's lock in Sherlock at three. Okay. Let's do that. I like this. Lock and Sherlock in at three. All right. We got a pretty good list. You want to read them off? Yes, I do. All right. Start it off. Number three. Sherlock. Number two. Scooby-Doo. And number one, procedural. Of all time, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Watching you. I, I don't think we ever did this where we had completely different choices, did we? Nope. It's the first time we've actually been like completely yeah, like zero the zero same. Zero the same. Not Very even tricky. similar. Like I mean, I can't believe you missed Scooby Doo. That's a big miss. <laughs> <laughs> Him possible and her possible trivia. Oh. 
So this is that game where we ask each other five questions that we think will stump the other person, and we rank the who how many you get right type of deal. Yeah. And you got 45 seconds to answer as many questions as possible. If, if you get it wrong, we ask it again. That is true. We don't say if it's right or wrong. We just ask it again. We just go around the loop. Until time runs until out. Until time runs out. You can pass. And, and then it'll come back it'll around. It'll come back loop. eventually. It's been a while since we played this. And please play along. Let us know how you did. All right. So, Ivana, do you want to be asked the questions? I would like to ask the questions. All to right. Start. I would like to. Okay. I would. Okay. So, I am going to do this. You got your questions? I have my questions. All right. I'm going to hit the timer in three. Wait. No, no. Hit the timer at the what, end now? of my the, my first question. Oh, yes. Better. Better. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go ready? Ahead. Who wrote Animal Farm? George Orwell. Correct. Uh, what animated film was the highest grossing film in 2010? Tangled. What is the sixth planet from the sun? Jupiter. What famous director is a huge fan of Jaws? Oh, Brian Singer. Which female actor appeared in the following films? Steel Magnolias, Sleeping with the Enemy. Julia Roberts. Which animated film was the highest grossing film of 2010? 2010, 2010. Uh, that wasn't frozen. Um, God. No! <laughs> you, you got two, you got two, so that's really not that bad. Okay, I got George Orwell, and what else did I get? You got Julia Roberts. Oh, yes. What were my other ones I, I failed miserably on? Uh, well, the highest grossing animated film, actually it was the highest grossing film, I think, of 2010, and it was animated, um, Toy Story 3. Oh, beautiful. And that Such is one of your Such a beautiful, favorites. timeless story. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say Avatar, and then I'd be like, fuck Avatar! Fun fact, Joss Whedon is the one who created the dinosaur in Toy Story. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he that. is. Okay, what was the... Um, the sixth planet from the sun yeah. is Saturn. Damn which it. Which is then followed by Jupiter. Damn it. Uh, and the famous director that is a huge fan of Jaws is Hitchcock. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's very neat. Brian Singer, also his favorite, um, because there's this amazing Jaws documentary. If you're obsessed with Jaws like I am, and Brian Singer comes on, he says he watches it once a year on his birthday, every year. It's that's his favorite so film, cute. so that's why I went there. The The Hitchcock one was, I was reading an article about Spielberg and Jaws. So I sort of got that right. Yeah. I did give you a director. You did. You did. Favorite who's was... famous and who's famous, his favorite film is Jaws. But the, the Hitchcock story is actually a really good one. Um Spielberg was still pretty new at the time. He just finished Jaws and he was in a studio where Hitchcock was doing something and he like waited around so that he could meet Hitchcock because he loved Alfred Hitchcock. And he um Hitchcock actually booted him from the set. He never huh. found him. And then he found out why because Hitchcock was such a big fan of Jaws that he thought he wasn't worthy of shaking oh Spielberg's my hand. Goodness. That's that's a great story. That's a great story. I'm going to keep that one in my pocket. Yeah. All right. All right you, are ready. you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What actor played Peter Venkman? Pass. What boy band had a lance? And sync. 
Which Fast and Furious movie took place in Japan? Tokyo Drift. What sport is Tony Hawk famous for? Skateboarding. Who sang the lyric, I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? David Bowie? What actor played Peter Venkman? Um, I'm going to say Bruce Willis. Who sang the lyric, I am whatever you say I am? Oh. <laughs> All right. So people at home are probably cursing your name because Bill Murray played Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yes, Lance is from NSYNC. Uh, I don't know why I, I I thought Tony Hawk was somebody you wouldn't know for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> he but had of all course those you shoes that. and all that stuff. <laughs> I thought that was a really easy one. I was On like, the... really? That's the one you chose? Uh, you said the George Orwell. That was really easy. Uh, which Fast and Furious took place in Japan? Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Yeah. Um, okay. What if I sang it like the guy? I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? In the paper. Fred Durst? Eminem. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Eminem, you missed. And Bill Murray. So, we both got three. I no, just you got two. No, I, I technically okay, fine, I got, you got three. Two and a half. Fine. I didn't get your specific one. Mine came with a cool story. It came with a great story. So, two and a half. So, again... You win. I'm going to make my questions harder next time. <laughs> you always I say always that. I always say that, and I never do it, but this time, <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> trailer trash. I think it's like, trailer trash. I like trailer trash. <laughs> so last week, the Ghostbusters trailer jumped out at all of us. We were like, what? YouTube. Except for me, Except who for you just showed it Ivana, to me now. <laughs> who somehow missed it. Yeah. The internet exploded and Ivana was like, ah, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ghostbusters dropped. Um, and before we get into our comments on this, the internet did not take lightly to this. This is like the worst thing that anyone has done on YouTube. Because when you go to YouTube, one, the comments are scathing, but two- And also, I want to slap some of these people who made stupid-ass comments. There are some stupid-ass comments. Yeah. Number two, though, is the down, like, the dislike button on this YouTube official trailer has 426,195 dislikes. How many likes, you'd ask? Oh, only 185,597. The amount of dislike for this trailer is astonishing. So, Ivana, you saw the trailer for the first time today. What do you think of this movie? Are you excited? Should we be worried? I'm so much more excited than I ever was. Everyone was so excited about this movie. I was sort of like, okay, reboot. We'll see how it goes. Now that I see it, freaking awesome well i would disagree i think everybody (laughs) was like what this is a very controversial film even before out of the gate yeah it was very controversial i don't understand 
it, the trailer gave me everything I was hoping for. It clearly didn't show the funniest scenes, which everyone always complains about from trailers. So here's a trailer without the funniest scenes. This is what you get. Second, I feel like the storyline is very clear to me, how they come together. And I really enjoy that it's an origin story of like smart people slash one street savvy person coming together to fight crime. Well, ghosts. Um, it's It's everything that it the original was I don't understand I don't understand to me it's original it's not trying to redo the original Ghostbusters but it is exactly the same in its own way as the original Ghostbusters well see here's my take okay the original Ghostbusters to me when I first heard that they were doing another Ghostbusters and it was going to be a female cast I was like oh oh and it's Peter Peter Feig or Feig or Fig or however you pronounce his name uh, I was like, oh, you know what? Bridesmaids was awesome. Spy was awesome. So, sure, yeah, let's do this. My problem is the trailer. And I do have problems with the trailer. Because you saying that it's it's just like the original is wrong. The original did not have this type of humor, actually. Like, the, the original one is a very dry humor. Throughout. It's funny as hell. Very dry. You this didn't is, feel like this, this was is dry? slapstick. There's a lot of physical comedy. There's, I mean, I I really hated the scene where she's getting slapped upside her face because we all saw the ghost sleeve. Clearly, you saw the ghost sleeve. Everybody in this world can see the ghosts. And then, bam again. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be. This is not going to be that like super stupid physical comedy. I hope not. Um, I, I don't I think liked... so. How can it be stupid? I mean, that character maybe is the only one that's allowed to have that. Uh, it's possible. But here's the thing. The reason Bridesmaids worked so well was because it was raunchy comedy that we didn't expect. So I'm I'm giving it I'm giving it to the director. I'm giving it to the cast. Like, I don't think it's time to be worried. I think when we see the reviews, it's time to be worried. I don't think that this is the best rep- representation of the finished product that we will get. Um, I, I because agree Spy with that. wasn't. Spy sure wasn't. I haven't I, seen Spy because they made it sound so slapsticky. Exactly. The trailer looks. But it's actually really good. It's really good. And it's also on Netflix, FYI. It is on Netflix. I I, I'm going like to watch it again. Maybe we should become like get advertising for freaking Netflix because we're I constantly know. being like, "Why Netflix do we cause... do this to ourselves?" I don't know. Um, but it is on Netflix, and the second half of that movie, it is all about the relationship between Melissa McCarthy just running her mouth and uh, Rose. Help me out here, Rose. Oh, I can't remember her last name, but Rose Byrne. Oh, yes. Rose, Rose Byrne. Byrne. Oh, sh- I love Rose Byrne. They play off each other so well. They have such Just good chemistry like together. Just like Kristen Wiig and her played so well off each other in See, that's what I caught from this trailer. I saw a lot of playing well with each other. The blonde girl from this trailer... Whatever she's tossing out there, the other two are just, like, picking it up. You know what I mean? Um, The other thing is, I don't think that these actors have the same dry wit as, like, a Bill Murray. And I wouldn't want them to have that kind of comedy. Because I don't know that they're the people for that kind of comedy. I mean, this is... uh, these, These actresses are super funny, super talented actresses. 
mm-hmm. and actors. And they can be witty, but not dry. None of them are sarcastic the way They've he always is. been character actors. All of them have. All of always. them. Yeah. So they're all trying to get into character, and that wasn't really what the... Like, the only real character from the original was Egon, mm-hmm. Harold Ramis, yeah. who played this really, really dry scientist who was funny unintentionally, like, talking about a Twinkie. Yes. Really, that was his... That was his shtick. But, you know, we got the quirky, weird engineer. We have the really, really dull, geeky Kristen Wiig. We have the larger-than-life Melissa McCarthy, who is always larger-than-life in her roles. Uh, And then we have, um, oh, my gosh, how can I forget her name right now? Oh. oh my gosh, she's not. She doesn't even have top billing on the freaking thing. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, of course. She's, Who is she's like so funny on SNL? So down low. She's below Sigourney Weaver on the IMDb page, which WTF? She's one of the leads. Well, and here's my other thing. They said that this was not going to take place in the same universe as the Ghostbusters. Said it's going to be a completely different universe, but they did. The 30 years later at the beginning of the trailer. So wait, they make up your they mind. Said party it was going to be a, a different. I yeah, like it was this the same this, universe. Yeah, this is uh, originally they said, no, don't worry. This is a complete reboot. Uh, nothing has happened after this. Like no, nothing's happened before. This is the first time this world has seen the Ghostbusters. But at the beginning, they were like 30 years ago. Maybe that was, like, actually just our 30 years ago. But then you say that Sigourney Weaver is going to be in this movie. She is. So it's going to be the same fucking universe. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, it sounded like it seemed like the same universe. So they don't know what they what they have yet. But just Well, say, they do now because they, now they filmed it. But when they originally started hyping it up, they probably didn't. Right. So And they've also dropped an international trailer, which we haven't watched yet. Should we do that right now and then come back? Okay, we just watched the international trailer. Crimson Hemsworth is going to just steal this show a little He's bit. already stolen the show he when I Googled the show it. A little Everything's bit all about him. That was pretty funny. It was hilarious. His thing, I could make him bigger. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, Chris Hemsworth is really funny. He is Have really funny. Have you seen funny. Vacation? No, I haven't seen that yet. The the vacation reboot thing continuation. He is awesome as like the new brother-in-law kind of guy. Yeah. So funny. I don't know. He just has it down. And in this, I I laughed. But again, like, you know, there is actually a lot more footage in the international trailer that I'd never seen before. Leslie Jones jumping off a stage. Nobody catches her. That seems like such a cheap gag. You know what, though? That's, I think, maybe the the one thing is that she is the one character that I'm not loving her jokes. Like, all the scenes with Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon and Melissa McCarthy, I'm, like, following right along. And Leslie Jones, I'm sort of like, oh, it's just going to be dumb, like physical humor and i that's obviously the character that she was given to play and it's not that she plays it badly i just happen not to prefer that humor but i also get the feeling that she's not going to be like the biggest part like i feel like for sure the number one character will be melissa mccarthy and kristen wig then kate mckinnon then leslie jones i think they did a disservice for themselves to give her such physical humor but 
maybe that was also part of the casting choice too. I feel like she often gets t- given physical humor roles. And that could be very well the case. You know, she read the script. She knew there'd be a lot of slapstick. I was just the way it was going to go down for, for her in this film. But I really do, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm ready to pull the parachute yet and the, oh shit handle or any of that. I, I, I want to see what the reviews are, as I always do. I just want to see it. Like, I, I didn't like think Zootopia great. was going to be great. It is the best reviewed movie of the year. Like, that's insane. I know. Zootopia. I know. And Cloverfield came out today. It's better reviewed than the first one. So, I'm actually really movies... excited for this one more so than the first one, for sure. Well, all of the. What I'm saying is that all of these movies. On paper, might be like now, but we gotta wait. We gotta wait. We gotta see what the critics say. We gotta make our decisions closer to game time. You know what? I'm just sold based on that trailer. I was entertained. I thought it was very entertaining. It's just that simple. Okay, I do like the way the ghosts look personally. I know a lot of people say they look cheesy. I don't think they look cheesy. I think they look actually well. Obviously, they look better than 1984's ghosts, but they just look really spectral and. I don't know. Creepy. They yeah, look creepy. I, I like the way they look, too. Yeah. yeah. It kind of looks like every ghost from the Lord of the Rings Return of the King when they're coming out of that ship and just running up the mountain. It's sort of like that spectral ghost. Uh, and I kind of dig that. So um, I I will be cautiously optimistic going forward. I'm just plain old optimistic. Sex. In the news. There you go. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. At least four of our juvenile listeners just got hard. What are you thinking? <laughs> All right. We have actually a really cool story today from Sex in the News. Uh, this dude named Ben with apostrophe points, so I don't actually know what his name is, in the UK found out that his ex-girlfriend was pregnant they never said if it was his baby. I'm just going to assume it's his. I'm assuming it's his. Yeah, I'm just going to go with this assumption. He broke up with this girl because it makes the story better. Um, and they didn't mention it. And we're telling you that they didn't mention it. And we're making this assumption for entertainment's sake. So he breaks up with this girl. He's on his Android phone. He's downloading an app. It comes to the section where it's like, what did your friends like? And he sees that... She plus one or reviewed a pregnancy app of some sort, and he puts two and two together. Oh, my God, my ex-girlfriend is pregnant. Which, by the way, a little while after he put two and two together, she did contact him, and she is pregnant. I feel like if you are going to plus one something in the world of social, if you are going to write a review for something or some restaurant or, you know, accommodations or an Uber driver, all of these things are now public. But Could here's the thing. Them. Like, for example, we get a lot of iTunes reviews for our show, which Those is fantastic. Are public, though. And thank you very much for reviewing. But as public as they are, when you put in an iTunes review, you get to choose a screen name. And the only thing that people see is your screen name. They don't necessarily know that you are the person behind that screen name, which gives you the anonymity and the ability to give an honest review and not worry about can you review something because we live in a world right now where people 
are really encouraging reviews. When you watch Netflix, the more that you review, gosh darn it, we're always talking about Netflix, but the more always. the more that you review, um the the, the item, better your life is. Well, with with the more you give input, the easier your life is. And that's the thing. So the reality of the situation is don't these sites at the very least need to give an option of I would like this review to be anonymous or I would like this review to go under sc- a screen name because frankly that is true like let's say I downloaded a Kama Sutra app because I think that that's going to be awesome and I think this is the greatest app ever I'm going to be prevented from reviewing or plus oneing or doing anything unless I know that I can do that under the guise of a screen name and Sites like TripAdvisor and whatnot allow you to create your screen name so that people don't necessarily, as much as your reviews are public, and they are, and they are associated with a screen name that you choose, that screen name does not necessarily get tracked down to you in a public way. And because of the way that Google Play works, it works off of your Gmail account, which most people for their Gmail account have added an icon of your face. So when you see the Play With Friends or play better with friends section in Google Play, you don't necessarily just see screen names. You see someone's face. Yeah. And I love that I can add my face to my Google Plus account. I think it's really great. It's a great marketing tool. And anything I put on Google Plus is public. Like, I put only the things that I want anyone to see on that page. And so as a user, I now I don't have an Android phone, but if I did, I would never ever rate or review anything out of the sheer fact that I don't necessarily need the entire world knowing what I'm downloading and what I'm rating. I think it is, uh, yeah, I think it's it's an oversight. I think Google will come out under a little bit of scrutiny for this, and I would not be surprised if the Play Better with Friends section of showing you what your friends have done um, disappears, or at least maybe more sensitive material should not be shown in that section. I I don't even know if that's 100% needed. I just would, I think there should be an option. You know, uh, I think iTunes really did it right in that right away, when you review something, it says put in a screen name. So immediately it's it's not really public. Um, And the other thing that I enjoy about it. I don't mind the play with friends and I don't mind being able to review things publicly. Although I don't know that I would ever want to do that because imagine you review an app and then later you're interviewing for a job and it's associated with your Google Play account and then they can see that you gave that app for that company a bad review. That could literally affect you going forward simply by some review that you made, which is awful. Um, but And so I think that as Google, I would at least give the people an option. Like, do you want this review to be private or public? Uh, AliExpress, when I purchase things, I can leave seller feedback and I can leave item feedback. And it gives me the option, do I want to do this anonymously or do I want it associated with my screen name? Yep. I I mean, I agree with that. I've had friends call me up and say, hey, man, I didn't really like that game you played. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah, you, it popped up and, you know, like... Are you serious? You've uh, had people call you about that? Yeah, but only, like, close friends. I, I, I'm I, aware, and obviously we're talking about games, like, not a big deal, but 
That's so intrusive. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not on the. I got intrusive friends, as you know. Look who, look who I'm doing a podcast with. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm not calling you up to tell you that your game that you are playing and plus one is not my favorite. So at the end of the day, I think what we're saying is, when you're doing things online, especially in this day and age, unless you know that this is a screen name and you've created it as some sort of alter ego, assume that it can be traced back to you and be careful with what you do online. That's the end of this week's episode. Make sure you join us next week. We're going to have a whole other trailer trash. There's just so many trailers dropping lately. I know. I'm very excited about this. And we're going to take a look at Fuller House. It's on Netflix. Fuck! It's on Netflix. I know. Our lives revolve around <laughs> stupid-ass Netflix. And frankly, I st- I love it. I just... And uh... this time, because it's a short one, we're just going to watch the first two episodes this time. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's a half an hour, and you, I'm sure if you watch the first episode, you'll probably binge the second. So uh, we'll see how far we get into that series. But for now, thank you so much for listening and tuning in again this week. Uh, we hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to reach out and talk to us, you can always find out how to do that at friendselephants.com. You can also reach us at Facebook slash Friends Elephants. Or email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. And we're on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. And please leave us a review if you really liked what you heard. Uh, just pop on iTunes. Maybe you're watching this or <laughs> maybe you're listening to this on a computer. Uh, just pop on your iTunes. Give us a quick rating. Uh, you know, if it was crap and you hated it and you really love Ghostbusters and you're really angry that uh, I, I still am on the fence. Tell us. Just throw us a rating and be like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> or. Maybe you loved what you heard. Please make sure to get on there and tell us that too, because it really helps grow the show. It really does help. Why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> I have nothing Don't else you to normally add. talk? I have nothing else to add. You did such a good job. <laughs> normally you say things at this point. I... Please tune in next week. <laughs> Thank you for saying words. My co-host, everyone. It is an audio program. <laughs> Magic of radio. 